Well, talking of huge transfers, mm. we start with the uh, the headline rumour. Is a midfielder from uh, Genk in Belgium. He's Norwegian. He's 21 years old. I spent about an hour on S2 for him yesterday telling everyone he's definitely not going to sign. Dan, I just can't see it. It's a it's one of the like most sought after midfielders in Europe. Not for one minute do I, I can I envisage him outside, you know, the ground with the scarf. I just can't see how he ends up at us and not someone else. Hi, I'm Sander Berge. I'm the latest signing for Sheffield United. Up to Blades. You know, sometimes being wrong is better than being right. Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. I'm joined by two guests today in this emergency transfer deadline podcast special. Coming up. As always, it's Andrew. We're going to talk about a pretty wild few days for United in the transfer market where things that we basically thought were impossible became very possible. Um, that's coming up towards the back half of the pod. But first of all, the original Blades pod guest, the one, the only, Blades Analytic is taking time out from preparing his scouting reports for, for Peterborough and whichever other clubs he's, uh, he's involved with at the moment. He's very, very generously given up half an hour to talk to us uh, about the three new signings that we're making today and uh, give us a bit of an analyst view on that. So let's get straight into it. Here he is. It's Jay, Blades Analytic. Let's go. All right. I'm very pleased to be joined by the original Blades podcast, the man, <laughs> the man behind Blades Analytic on Twitter. It's Jay. How are you doing, mate? Welcome to the pod. Oh, we're all good, are we, mate? We're all good. No, no sore heads this morning, is there? I wonder if I'm celebrating a transfer. Yeah, I know. It's certainly uh, it's certainly an exciting 24 hours or so. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're expecting, I think, one more signing to be confirmed, which we can talk about uh, on this pod as well. But I guess, uh, yeah, I want to get your, get your analyst take on, on the bit of business we've just done, I suppose. I mean... Sander Burge, or Berger, I should say. <laughs> Sorry, I've been indoctrinated by by the internet, but it seems to be more Berger than Burge. Um, yes. Did, did you see this coming, first of all? Did, I mean, you know, without divulging uh, too much, I suppose, about what, what's going on behind the scene in your own uh, your own sort of football analyst recruitment role, did, did you think this was a possibility, uh, I don't know, a week ago? So obviously being on the, being on the inside, and this isn't revealing too much. You get told certain things, and and there was rumblings from agents a couple of a weeks ago that this was this was potentially happening. But even then, you just think no. <laughs> Sheffield United haven't got twenty, you know, seventeen or twenty million to spend on a player from the Belgian Premier League. We'd, a would tend not to sign from foreign leagues. Um, you know, even the, the lads we've had who aren't British have generally come from Britain, apart from Verips, and okay, he's not really played. So, no, frankly, you know, it was just, it was a myth. It was honestly a myth. But it's wilder, he always gets his man, doesn't he? You know, there was the rumours in the summer and people didn't believe them, but it was it was a fact. You know, Burge in the summer was waiting for a Champions League club, but he's seen us and seen, well, this probably is a Champions League club, so yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> Yeah, good, good thinking. Um, let, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the kind of player that he is. Then, um, I mean, you know, obviously everybody goes and watches the the YouTube compilations, which can make uh, even the most average player look incredible. But uh, yeah, certainly, certainly, this is one to get excited about. I think. But do you want to give like a, a quick kind of analyst breakdown of of what kind of player we're talking about here? Yeah. So I mean, this this guy is a very modern midfielder in the sense that he, he just what he looks like is not how he plays so he is a big strapping lad you know 
I wouldn't guess the height, but 6'3", 6'4", he's stocky as well. He's got some physique to him. So naturally, you're probably thinking more defensive type midfielder. And he, he certainly can. In, for Genk, he played in what we call a double pivot. So a 4-2-3-1. He's one of the two deeper lying midfielders. Mm. But this guy is an absolute playmaking machine. So last year at Genk and the year before, his pass accuracy was up above 90%. And that's not always a great measure because we know people can play safe. Mm. He doesn't. He, he plays forwards. He breaks lines. He's one of the best progressive passers in Europe. Um, which is, you know, very all in Norwood-esque. He's, he's actually not as good at Norwood as that. Um, but, you know, he's that type of range of, of playing between lines, playing forwards. What he does do extremely well, which his size kind of belies, is he skips past people unbelievably well. Mm. He's, a, he's a lot faster than he looks. He uses that power, that strength, and a, a little bit of that pace to drive the ball forwards and past people. So in that kind of flat three, he could drive the ball forwards and, and drive into those spaces where, we often see some space occur because we've got an overload and maybe sometimes we don't drive into there. Besic does it sometimes and I think it's why we like him a lot. Um, but Burge definitely does that. He's a very good dribbling central midfielder. Mm. Uh, and other than that, tactically, he's just brilliantly aware. He presses hard, he gets stuck in, all the type of things that Wilder likes and Blades fan likes. Uh, he controls the tempo of games as well. He's aerially good because he's so big. He's got a decent shot. There's just so many positives. There really is. The, the guy has got so much potential to be this kind of press-resistant modern-day midfielder where he can turn and burst past you, he can dictate with his passing, or he can physically dominate a game as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he is... <laughs> I guess the first thing your eyes are kind of drawn to is just the fact that he is, he is a bit of a beast, isn't he? I mean, you know, as you said, yes. physically imposing. But yeah, the way... He, the way he does burst past people, I mean, it just made me think of, uh, this sounds pretty stupid, but it just made me think of Basham, honestly, like watching some of those clips of suddenly, yeah. he's, you know, because Basham beats a man, it's not usually with like a bit of skill or anything like that, it's just basically yeah. just the balance and just to switch it onto another foot. And yeah, if you watch some of them runs, but then yeah, the big the big kind of difference I noticed when he's dribbling is he holds off defenders like they're, like they're children, really, in some of the clips that I was seeing. Um do you, I mean, if you were doing a sort of layman's terms, are we talking kind of a cross between Lundstrom and Norwood here in terms of skill sets? Is that is that fair yeah. or something completely different? I mean, I, th- I think he is different in the sense that he's just a very unique player. I think even Klopp has been quoted to say he's, he's, a, he's a really unique midfielder. Mm. Uh, you know, almost in that Fabinho mould. So I say that not as a, as a DM again, but just that big, tall guy who's athletic, but a, a wonderful technical player as well. So, yeah, he's probably a hybrid of the two in terms of where he fits in the system. Um, I, I personally, and this is you know no inside or knowledge, obviously not, I personally see him probably playing more of that right central mid-role for now, mm. um, that, that Lundstrom Bessage role, just because I think Norwood's been quite vital to the way we play. And I don't think we're quite ready to, to replace Ollie Norwood yet because he understands the system in terms of the centre-backs going. Yeah. Norwood knows when come in and see it and you can't really train that while you're in the season because the games are too thick and fast so if he is to take Norwood's role or at least compete that's probably more in the summer when he's got time to tactically assess it I think that Lundstrom role is basically just all about having a box-to-box midfielder isn't it yeah I don't want to undersell what Lundstrom's done but it's all about powerful running neat combinations on the wing and getting in the box which Burge doesn't really get in the box, or he hasn't for Genk, but that's that's more a, a limitation of the the role he's played for them. Mm. He's been a bit of a deeper lying playmaker. He's not been allowed to run forwards. So I think I spoke to a guy um, who's, who's a really good analyst who's watched him a lot in the Bundesliga, and he was excited for Burge to come to us because he sees him in that Lundstrom role too, 
and he actually thinks he could be really good box to box. Interesting. He thinks he's got, yeah, he thinks he's got the technique to finish, you know, to, to to kind of support the attack. He's definitely got the legs and the engine. His engine is incredible. Um, so it's it's re- it's a really interesting move for him because that's probably the the role where you need the least coaching for us compared to a Norwood role. Mm. You know, because you're just knitting play together. You're just getting involved a lot. You're busy. And you just need to be completely constant motion, which is why Lundstrom's looked tired a lot hmm. recently. So I think that's probably where he'll start. And, and then maybe we can see merge of systems in, in future. But he's exciting no matter where he goes. I mean, this is a guy who's got Champions League caps and international caps and he's 21 years old. That There is ridiculously not much downside to this at all. Yeah, I mean, with the age, that was one... One thing that um, has kind of come out in a lot of the articles and interviews I've, I've read about, it's a good one on uh, The Athletic this morning as well, just this like uh, level of maturity and leadership that he is supposed to have as well. I mean, I think he signed for, um, uh, was it Genk or was it his previous club? He was 16 years old, basically, and like, you know, almost into the first team straight away. And yeah, everyone's sort of saying, you know, about how, yeah, how mature he is and, you know, just assuming like a, a senior personality on the on the pitch. And yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that, that you can sort of see just from that really why United would be so attracted to signing him, I suppose. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like, um, it doesn't sound like he'll have any issues fitting into our squad that maybe some of our other recent signings has been a few kind of question marks about maybe. So yeah, I thought that was an encouraging kind of personality thing as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you, you, a good source, you know, Jan Agafjortov's a great source, obviously um, being his countryman. And he spoke about how mature Burge is. There's one thing I want to talk about, about all the signings which we'll go through, but just specifically on Burge, fluent English as well. Mm. Um, you know, and that's something that all the guys are about to sign are. They all speak English, which is a big thing. It really is because, A, you know, that re- reduces any impact of adaptation period, if you will. Yeah. Um, but also, in a team with Chris Basham and Billy Sharp's Deep Yorkshire accent, probably best that they all speak English. So, uh, you know, I think we can accept that because Bash's Geordie will probably... Yeah, I'm not sure anyone not speaking English is going to do well with that. Yeah, I'm going to say it's much easier to understand than Chris Basham, so that is a good start. Um, just, just one final thing on sort of, uh, I guess, from a tactical point of view. I mean, you mentioned the uh, the double pivot that um, that he's been playing in at Genk. Do you think this uh, potentially opens the door for kind of um, a, a tweak, yet another tweak to our formation further down the line, where yeah, where we might end up with those sort of two DMs, if you like, and maybe a return to a, a number ten behind a striker or two strikers or is it one of them that prob- you know it kind of opens doors for even more sort of flexibility for us going forward? Yeah, I think that's the most exciting thing to be honest. Mm. Yes, it yes it does ensure. Um, you know, I think we'll stick with the current formation for now, but it could definitely see that. You know, you could have a Burge Ollie Norwood double pivot and then and then a Fleck playing further advance, for example. Um, you know, or, or you can you can change the from one up two up top to two number tens behind a number one, but still keep the three. You know the three centre backs, the two wing backs, and then the midfield and the forward line can be a combination of various things. So, you know, formations aren't set. People talk about three four two one or three five two. It's different. It matters what phase of the play you're in. Mm. You look at Sheffield United times, and the wing backs are higher than the forward. So it's uh, it opens up a variety of different options, is what I would say. Is this uh, is this the most exciting for you personally? The most exciting <laughs> signing. We've made in I don't know certainly Wilder's reign, but let's let's say in the last twenty years something like that. Yeah, pro- probably in my lifetime personally. Yes, um, 
for various reasons. One, just because of who he is and what he's done at Genk 21. You know, yeah, there's a lot of chatter about maybe big clubs didn't put bids in, so why would that be? But there's certainly enough interest. There's certainly been enough scouts on the scout list at games watching this guy from Napoli and Sevilla. So, 100%. And then from, from my kind of work as I've gone into it, football analytics, this guy is an analytics guy. 100%. He's a line breaker. He's massive. He's athletic. So he does it all and he does it all with a technique that a Barcelona type player should do. So he's an outlier in that respect. And for that reason, I absolutely adore the talent. You know, he's also coming from the kind of North European countries. And this is not a stereotype, but you, you kind of those Norwegian, Scandinavian leagues and North of Germany, those kind of leagues, they're quite physical. Mm. Um, they're also known for being quite robust and hard work, hard working to go with the technical qualities as well. So, you know, that Belgium league, that Norwegian grounding at Valerenga, as you said, at 16 through to 20. He's played a lot of men's football for his age. This isn't a kid. He's a mature player and he's he's certainly ready to go to the Premier League and to absolutely rip it apart. Yeah, he's over 100 senior appearances, I think, already, isn't he, at 21? Yeah. So, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of experience, as he says. I mean, I think, uh, I think me and Andrew are going to talk about this uh, later, actually. But I think also it is, from an excitement point of view, it's just the statement of, like, you know, is, the, yeah. the fact that he would would now be convinced. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, we were in for him in the summer, as you said, and he was like, "Well, well, I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but essentially, you know, it was like, well, no, I want to stay here at Genk. I want to play in the Champions League with them." But in the space of six months, we've suddenly become a very desirable destination for yeah, one of the sort of brightest young midfield talents in Europe. I mean, that is just transformative. I think for I mean, it, you know, suddenly. Other players, presumably around Europe, will be yep. looking at Sheffield United and being like, "Something's obviously going in the right direction here." If this kid wants to go and play there, um, do you uh, do you think that's a, a big deal, or am I really overhyping that? No, no, no. I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed it, and I think it's for the for the managers L and the staff. It's 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 transformative for them because this is their yeah, all right. They've had Lease, um, you know, at least come in and certainly did well at the start. Slightly gone off the boil now, but they proved they can they can manage a foreign personality, if you will. Mm. Um, but this is now an opportunity for them to showcase their skills because they're getting, a, you know, an elite level talent here. Yeah, a guy at twenty one who who is clearly can go on and, and potentially be a top level player. So this isn't about organisation hard work, which they get slapped with. Which we as Blades fans know that they're more than that. But outwardly looking in. This is an opportunity for them to cement their reputations as well. And as you say, if they do well with this guy, it opens up Sheffield as a little, you know, Sheffield as a city and Sheffield United as a club as a little bit more of an opportunity for players from Europe to come to us. It opens up that market to us, which at the minute is quite narrow, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, but also, you know, and I wouldn't, no in the no, no has it in a guess, but you can clearly see the Prince has up the budget that's been wrote about in The Athletic and from Alan Biggs and from what people know. So this is if this guy works and, and Wilder and, and Neil make him fit and he's a massive part and he takes us on to a new level, just convinces the prince to spend more money, you know. And ultimately, we've come from Neto, you know. You, you, the guys have done incredible to be where they are. We were always going to have to spend money because every year we're going to have to progress. Yeah, you can't stand backwards. So if we're going to go on and try and be top ten cemented and maybe challenging for Europe in three to four years, maybe earlier, but you know, long term planning. And the guy is going to need to spend money. So this is him showing he's willing. This is guys coming to us because they're interested in Sheffield United and Chris Wilder. It just ticks so many boxes and it just shows such a bright future for us. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, as you say, it's. I think this is the first... I'm just having a quick think, but I think this is the first like 
uh, signing we've made that doesn't have like question marks around it. And I'm, you know, that's obviously not to say uh, yeah. it is a guaranteed success. He's going to take Premier League by stonks. You know, he's 21 years old. He's still he is still learning as a footballer. But yeah, every other signing you think of um, it has been a bit like oh, you know we don't really know if he's going to work out or he's been a he's been a bust somewhere else or something like that. So it's you're right. It's, it is it is very very exciting that we're able to bring in a player like this. Not only financially, but also um, I guess the fact that he wants to be here as well. So yeah, great stuff. Let's uh, let's quickly move on to um, a couple of other names. So uh, we'll start with um, with the striker just announced um, about an hour ago. Before we start talking, actually, uh, Risharo Zivkovic. Um, where to start? This is. I mean, this this sounds like classic Wilder reclamation project. To be honest, so this is. Uh, I guess potted history on this kid. He was um, a, a genuine sort of um, Dutch wonder kid, I suppose, wasn't he? Who, who moved yeah. to uh, yeah. moved to Ajax at seventeen, I believe, and was kind of thought of as this next big thing. And then his career is, I don't know, just uh, I, I don't know, really know how to describe it. But it's certainly not kicked on to the extent that uh, I guess a lot of people were expecting. Uh, we signed him from the Chinese second division, which is. Not as far as I'm aware, a hotbed of footballing talent. Um, feel free to correct me on that one, but yeah, where, where do you want to uh, where do you want to start with this one? I, I agree that it's it's an unwilder like signing in its origin and probably who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these gambles, like the McGoldricks that we've taken before, that have turned out to be incredible when people thought they they were nothing, but get you know than a squad filler. I think they were done based on character. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and references. Wilder spoke a lot about the fact he, he spoke to Mick McCarthy a lot in the McGoldrick kind of initial stages, and that was enough to cement it for him that the kid could do the job. The interesting thing about this is, is, is there is no background, hmm. uh, there is no history, really. Uh, you know, you can imagine this is this is one the club have found about. Um, but it's it's exciting. It's exciting because the guy was a genuine, genuine elite level player. Yeah. Um, you know, there's 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 pieces being wrote about him when he was at Groningen at 17 before he went to Ajax, and and I think there's enough football manager players out there <laughs> to understand that the, the guy had a lot of things going for him, and then it just fell apart for whatever reason, and that can happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it can when you move around, when you certainly that that big move to Ajax at such a young age, it can be a big deal. It really can. I know we see them as a hotbed of emerging kind of talent, but there's enough that have failed through there as well. Hmm. So there is an awful lot there. He's still so young, and what he is is absolutely rapid. I think we've yes. all the, the clip, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly which one you're thinking of, and I had to, I had to rewind it just to be like, what have I just watched there? How is this guy? You know, the, the defender has like a twenty yard head start on him. That is unreal. Yeah. And uh, as you say, it's still only 23. Um, you know, we, we've seen, and, and Wilder's mentioned this in his uh, little interview about him as well, you know, the importance of pace in the Premier League. We've really seen that this season. You know, the, the massive impact that Moussa had on our team when he, you know, finally got up to speed to kind of start starting games and, you know, playing more than 10 minutes here and there. It was suddenly like, oh my God, you know, just the value of having somebody who's ridiculously fast is huge. I mean, you just think about you know what he did to Phil Jones, for example, in that in that Man U game. And yeah, unfortunately, Musa. I mean, it, you know, we're, we're probably I guess getting to the stage where he needs that full preseason with us, doesn't he? Before we really yeah. kind of see the the full fitness level. So 
Yeah, I, and that, you know, him not being available has kind of left us a little bit one-paced, I think. And yeah, this this presumably is brought in with that in mind, to have that extra option who is just absurdly quick, basically. Yeah, but yeah, in essence, yeah, in short, you can say that. And I think it's, you know, you can see it, especially at home. We're, we're, we're a bit of a scalp already. Um, mm. and, and if we don't have that option in behind over the top, it's quite easy to squeeze up and compact the midfield, and then that, that that just because we don't have pace in other areas of the team, it means we have to we have to develop play a lot harder. You know, it's hard work. It needs to be really good patterns, like it was against Burnley. You know, from deep, it needs to be people dropping in, playing the one-twos, building the play up the pitch, getting in the final third, and building from there. So that that pace is important. The one thing I would say is the, the kid was a nice cold finisher when he came through. That's what he was known for. He wasn't say he's got all the pace in the world. He wasn't a dribbler. You know, he's not just going to get the ball and beat, go around four or five. He isn't a winger in that sense. He was a poacher. He was a penalty box poacher. You know, he's a one-touch finisher on the end of crosses, on the end of through balls, getting that one-touch bang shot away. He's very good at creating separation from defenders, or he was. Um, but he hasn't played a lot of football recently at all. So there's going to be no starts for him, I don't think, whatsoever. I can't see that. Yeah. He, he, will not, he will not be fit enough or up to the pace enough. It is literally a case of if Moussa isn't fit, the guy can do the pace job. I can't see it being anything more than that. I might be wrong. We have an incredible manager, incredible coaching staff. They might get more out of him. Mm. I just think it's... it's I, I, I put it as... Not to promote gambling, but someone asked me earlier, I put it as akin to throwing a pound on an accumulator every Saturday. You mm. know, it, it's it, there's no downside to this because if he's a bad character, which has been labelled it before, well, we heard that about Rav and it wasn't really true. Mm. If he is a bad character, you can bomb him. You know, it's not a problem. If he doesn't quite make the grade, not really a problem. If he absolutely explodes and makes the grade, you've hit the jackpot on a kid that had all the talent in the world at some point and isn't really even in his prime yet. Yeah, and he is, it is only a loan as well with a, with an option to buy, isn't it, rather than an obligation, yeah. I believe. So, yeah, yep. you're, you're absolutely spot on. It's a, it's a six-month trial, basically, isn't it? Of, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, presumably, again, with no, no disrespect in, intended at the Chinese second division, but presumably uh, for, for his career prospects, having a good six months in the Premier League uh, will, will do them no harm whatsoever in terms of uh, making him a, an attractive striker to other teams, if not us. Yeah, it's another lifeline being thrown out by Wilder. Yeah. Uh, none of us mind him doing this because, it, you know, even if you get a 50% success rate on these... So we threw McGoldrick a lifeline, one of the best signings he'll ever make. Mm-hmm. We threw Ravel Morrison a lifeline. Okay, didn't work out, but there's no downside to it. No. There's, a, there's absolutely no downside to that whatsoever. We will continue... We threw Martin Craney a lifeline. It worked brilliantly for what it was. We will continually throw out lifelines because Wilder doesn't, you know, he doesn't have this agent book that people are throwing at him for transfers. Um, you know, he doesn't have a, a type as such. If there's talent there and he thinks he can get the character right, because, you know, he is probably the, one of the best man managers in the league, mm. then he'll have a go at it. Because why wouldn't you? The kid, Ajax don't sign bad players. You yeah. know, they, they don't. You have to have something. He is an ice cold finisher when he's on his A game. Like you say, this is this might be the motivation he needs to go back to that level. And, and that level was projected to be an elite level striker. So, even if he's, you know, just a, a, a pretty good striker with that pace, you've got a massive upside. So it, it's a no-brainer, really. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I just read this article by um, uh, Seb Stafford Bloor on um, 442 earlier, just saying about how, like, we, unlike a lot of teams, we don't have any inhibitions when it comes to to signings. We don't we don't have a comfort zone. You know, we will, as you say, throw those lifelines out to 
players that uh, are maybe just being completely discarded by other teams in terms of you know they wouldn't even like uh, give them a second glance of like a potential transfer target. So yeah, exciting to see how this one goes. And I, I guess we, I mean, we needed a fifth striker, right? With uh, with Callum Robinson um, going out on loan, so he fills uh, he fills that job. He gets those minutes, I suppose. Um, you know, pending any uh, injuries, hopefully not to everyone else. So yeah, as you say, uh, a very low risk, high upside signing, which I'm always a big fan of. Um, the next chap at the time of talking has not been uh, not been confirmed yet, but it's certainly pretty widely discussed that he's likely to be the uh, the second of the two players we're supposed to sign today. Uh, the Greece under-21 captain, uh, Panos Retsos, uh, who we're supposed to be signing on loan from Bayer Leverkusen. He is a defender. He's uh, 21 years old, I believe. Um, his career has kind of stalled due to um, a lot of injury problems in the last couple of years, and that's kind of pushed him down the, uh, the pecking order at, at Leverkusen. And yeah, it looks like um, it looks like a sort of get your career back on track kind of move. But this is a kid that they paid like sixteen million for a couple of years ago, isn't it? So very highly thought of at that point. But he seems to just kind of yeah been been almost bumped down the 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 lineup through just bad luck really with injuries. What do you want to uh, do? You want to tell people uh, about what to expect from this guy? Presuming he signs, as I say, which seems ninety nine percent likely. Yeah. So <laughs> I was talking to. Uh... A guy who's on Bundesliga TV in Germany, actually, um, and he, he's, he's a football analyst on TV. Um, not not a pundit. They don't do pundits over there generally. They have some, but they actually have proper analysts, which is incredible. Wow! Um, <laughs> Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and he filled me in about this guy, and he was over, and I mean over excited. And I go to this guy for a lot of information on German players in lower leagues or the lower Bundesliga. I've never seen him this excited. He was really excited. He said Restos is a is a genuine gem. He's just had incredible injury problems since he's moved to Leverkusen. Hmm. Um, in the seven, I think seventeen eighteen season, he played over a thousand minutes for Leverkusen, and he was hot property. Um, they liked him, and they were going for a spell of different managers. I think he fell out of favour when they hired Peter Bosch, who is a without going off on a tangent for a one minute. Peter Bosch is one of the most should we say incredible coaches in the world? Uh, and I don't mean incredible in terms of talent. He, he is just literally all out attack. No one defend, everyone run forwards, all opportunities, which is really fun, but he's also not great for defenders. Um, so Restos had a lot of work to do, but it's interesting I say that because what Restos is in terms of a type of player is he's exceptional on the ball. Hmm. He's really composed. He's got a wonderful ta- like technical ball striking ability for long range passing. He drives out from the back, which... You know, instantly when you hear that about any defender, you think of Sheffield United, I think, these mm. days. Um, he's a good dribbler, as defenders go. He's very comfortable skipping by people. He's very quick and nimble with the ball. You know, he's not that... Even Jack O'Connell, for how much he gets forward, he's quite stocky on the ball, isn't he? You won't see Jack dribble much. It's more the fact that he, he finds himself on the end of passes, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he more rumbles forward than uh, yeah, yeah. glides, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> you don't want to get in the juggernaut's way, do you? <laughs> no. Whereas Restos, is, he's a lot more nimble than that. Um, and he can combine play. He's, he's not bad in the air. Probably will need... That'll be a test in the Premier League. Hmm. Probably more physical in the Premier League. But he, he, he's exceptionally good on the ball. He's exceptionally good at reading play and intercepting play. He's played as a defensive midfielder for the Greek under-21 team. The guy was a, a massive prospect before the injuries. So it's just a case of where is he. Leverkusen need him to play. I would be hoping that if we're loaning, it's because we have a, an option to buy as well. Mm. 
because we might get nothing out of the guy. He might not play much. He might just come as cover for Bash and Egan, uh, you know, or might not play a lot. He might play, though, because he certainly has the qualities. And if he does and, and he explodes and we got an option that's not a bad price, he could be an absolute gem. Um, yeah. I, I know guys, Greek journalists on, on Twitter, who think he is massive, next big thing, massive. And it doesn't mean a lot because you might think, what Greek defenders are out there? Well, there's Kostas Manolas, who's at Roma. Mm. Um, and Napoli, he, he's not a bad defender. He hasn't done bad. And they were rating him as high as that at that age. So there's there's a player here and there's a theme running between the recruitment, all young ages. Um, rest of, I've been told Restos speaks perfectly good English. Um, so that, again, that's another thing. Adaptation-wise, he's going to understand the language. Mm. Coming, again, kind of, all right, Greece football might not be the highest standard, but the Bundesliga is very physical in its, its nature. Um, it's quite direct football. There's a lot of teams who press hard and run vertically. There's not a lot of side-to-side play in the Bundesliga, so he's used to a fast, impactive style. It's a really interesting transfer, I think, because Chris Basham has great games and he does great things and we love him dearly, but every now and again he just loses the ball when he doesn't need to. Mm. I think we saw it against Man City at home. You know, He gave Sterling the breakaway chance uh, when Mahrez then ended up getting the penalty from Bash. Um he just makes errors because sometimes technically he's not quite good enough and we, with his age we will eventually have to find someone to replace him and it's going to be Definitely. hard because he's a gem Bash is a gem he, you know he's a driving force of a centre midfielder who can defend he's perfect for what we need now this is our first stab at trying to maybe look at someone to replace this guy there's no downside to the loan at the end of the day it's just a body and I, as I said I hope we have the option to buy because the reports I get are this kid has a lot of talent. It's just, is he physically good enough with the injuries and his height? And can he show it? So it's a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Do you see him, uh, is that where you see him fitting in then? Like right centre-back or can he play uh, more centrally? Is he is he good enough to play uh, a wing-back on the right if necessary? Or is that is that too much of a stretch in your opinion? He could do it. Yeah, he could do it. It's not ideal because of how how much ball I think to feet our wing backs get and how much yeah. they often have to they often have to dribble to create, don't they? Mm. Um, even George has done that this year. He you know he's having to have a go at players, and George hasn't got the skill as such. He's getting better as we saw the Norwich goal, but we know Ender can take players on. So I don't think the wing back role would suit him, but he could do it. It's definitely right centre back for me, where he's been signed to to provide competition for, just because we've got Jags as as the cover centre half. Mm. Um, and, and I think you know Jags has done fine. I don't know the game he played against Man U it was three, but I think Jags will be fine. Um, but you know, again, if we have the option on Restos for six months, he can cover Bash and maybe give him competition. But if he plays well and we have a, a, an option to buy at not a bad price and we take that up, you're getting a guy who can play in the centre or the right centre back role. Um, he's used to playing in a two, so that's why the only reason I say right centre back because I think that John Egan role is quite bespoke as well. Mm, uh, that sweeper role looking around sometimes being on your own knowing when to cover the space when to foul counter attacks as well Johnny's great at that mm. so I think more the right centre back role for me I think probably more cover just because you know we are mid-season don't January doesn't often give you great signings simply because you know especially loans th- these guys don't have time to adapt there isn't yeah. much training time and the good thing about the Premier League is we're coming into this little winter break period um, yeah, such as it is. Inverted commas. It's a week off, basically, because yeah. they're staggering it. But that's, you know, it's a good thing because these new guys can train every day. 
they can meet the guys, they can get to know them, and they can train that position a little bit. So there's a little bit of adaptation time, more than usual. But I wouldn't expect fireworks, but it's it's an interesting transfer. It's not a normal Sheffield United transfer. None of them are, so... No. Uh, yeah, we have got a, nice, a little window coming up, I suppose, don't we? Because we play, obviously we play Palace tomorrow, then Bournemouth eight days later, but then it's, uh, what is that, 13 days till our next game, and then two weeks until our FA Cup tie. So, yeah, or, you know, thereabouts, about, uh, what is that, like 40, 15 days, something like that. Um, so, yeah, you're right. There's, there's, there's plenty of training time in there to get them up to speed, I think. But, yeah, it's uh, an exciting time. I mean, just, uh, just quickly, do you want to give me a... Give me your excitement rating out of 10 for uh, all three of these signings. Indiv- individually, I mean. Okay, so Sander uh, Berger. Um, Very nice. Pro- yeah, I know, yeah. That's, I've watched it a lot. Yeah, that's far better than I'm going to pronounce it on the rest of this podcast, I think. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, Burge, I'm, I'm honestly a 10 out of 10. Mm. Excitement-wise, I, I couldn't be any more excited for a player. I've watched this player a lot. He's, he's on all of our kind of market insights. He's on all our analytics list. If we ever got a Premier League club... Um, to work with he is oh I'm so excited I really am he's not going to be transformed in the sense you know he's not a goal scorer he's not a David Silva creator I just I can't wait to see the guy play because I think he's made for the Premier League with his yeah. physicality and his technique so it's I kind can't... of like a kind of player you can build a team around kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Uh, you can either build a team around him or he's going to excel from day one and you might flip him for 50, 50 million quid in 18 months time not too bad if that's how it turns out I suppose everyone wins <laughs> No, but see, on a serious note, you know that that's the club we want to become. Surely, absolutely. You know, I'm not saying we want to sell players, but we want to be the club that recruits good players of varying ages, but especially that younger talent range. Uh, and if we need to sell them, we sell them for double what we bought them for. So we're constantly recycling and reinvesting. That, that's what Leicester did. That's how Leicester made themselves. That's what good clubs do. So that's what we want to be. Um, Zivkovic, I honestly don't know. The more I watch of him, the more excited I get, but only because I'm watching the Groningen clips when he was 17. <laughs> yeah. Not watched anything from the Chinese second division. Um, <laughs> is there uh, not masses of material available on the Chinese thing? <laughs> Even on paid-for software, no. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably have to go like a six. Yeah. Six. He's probably above average because I don't see the downside, excitement-wise. And... Mm. I- uh, who doesn't love a fast striker? I'm going to say it'll probably be 11 out of 10 all the time he's on the pitch. Where just like, yeah. oh my god, look at him run! He's so fast. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, you know, we United fans, pacey strikers, we love them. Yeah, well, we we've been them. starved of them for a long yeah. time before me. We, we've, we've now got two. <laughs> Go on, last one. Rest us. I'm going to give it a seven to. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, I think Bash will probably play till the season end, frankly, but. Maybe once we're safe, we can experiment. Maybe we start playing another 10, you know, give Freeman more games, or, or maybe we experiment with that. Maybe we experiment with different players. Yeah. I think if he plays, from what I'm being told, if he adapts right, the talent's there for him to really shine, especially in our system. Um, so I, I'm really excited by that one, which might seem the, the, almost the, the craziest one of the lot because no one might know a lot about him. But yeah, I, I'm excited about that one. I'd say a seven for that one. Nice one. Yeah, not a bad transfer window, uh all told is it and I mean we've still got what six uh, yeah we've still got eight hours of it left so um, yeah <laughs> let's see what happens I suppose but... just seriously as well it's a great window because I, I'm I'm sorry but I'm rooting for Leon to hang on to them wages Good old <laughs> he won't get removed will he it's, it's not possible if he's, he's still here now I mean the fact he's still here right now just yeah he'll be here forever he's uh, undefeatable as I say and um, yeah you just know he's 
Do, do you think? Do you think he gets a? Will he play in the Premier League again this season? You've got to play him like the last day of the season, surely. Bring him on. I mean, one thing Wilder's not is generally sentimental, but you would hope. I would hope so because I want to. I mean, Duffy's going out to Ado Den Hard. Let's get Duffy's back and just have one more game of Duffy, Leon, and Billy up front. Come on, oh, come on, all time's sake. Maybe we can uh, loan Coots as well while we're at it, just for uh, one one last game or something like that. I so, just, we, we've got our ninety percent passing accuracy midfielder now. We've got uh, a guy who gives it away. We're all right. I love it. Nice one, mate. Right, I know you're busy. It's obviously uh, deadline day for you. You're not off to um, sign a load of players for uh, for Peterborough or anything like that. Uh, my phone is going crazy, so <laughs> uh, messages. Good. Yeah, good man. Thanks for sparing the time to uh, to talk. Anything, uh, anything you want to plug? Your own Twitter, market insights as well, etc. No, honestly, it's I'm, everyone's bored of me, so I'm not going to plug anything. I'm just I can't wait to listen to what you and uh, you and Roy. I because like, I'm not calling him Andrew. That's too posh. <laughs> this is what you and Roy say about it and uh, yeah let, let, let's get the shots in because he's Norwegian <laughs> good man alright cheers buddy thanks I'll talk to you later cheers mate alright thanks very much to Jay don't forget as always you can check him out on Twitter at Blades Analytic now let's bring on Andrew and hey let's just spend some more time talking about uh, how great this news is for Sheffield United here we go all right, on the line now, it's Andrew. Uh, well, we opened up in this podcast with uh, some clips of us saying that um, we did not think this was going to be possible, but it is possible. Sander Berger, Sander Berg, Sander Burge, but I think Sander Berger is what I'm going for. I'll let you do that because this yeah. is not my forte, so as people know. Of course. <laughs> He's a Sheffield United player. What the I... hell? Yeah, I I don't know what everyone worried about. I always knew we were going to sign, to be honest. But... Yeah, you've, you've pulled off the mother of reverse jinxes. I love it. Yeah, I might just do it for everyone, but no way we're signing Messi. Absolutely no way. But to, yeah, to, I, I'm still amazed. Still I'm going to say, to talk me through your your experience as a fan as this has unfolded since we... Um, since we recorded on Tuesday, it's now obviously Friday. Talk me through it. Yeah, well, genuinely, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just still dismissed it. I was just thinking... I'm sure we're linked with him, and I'm sure we're in talks with him in to to a certain degree. But mm. sort of thought his agent were going to say, "Oh, by the way, Tottenham are interested. See you in a bit," or something like that. I did think he, you know we'd lose out on him. And then about I don't know when it sort of you got journalists from around the world tweeting about it. I was thinking, hang on, this seems to be going a little bit too far now. This joke, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> and it was only about six p.m. I reckon on. Well, not last night, the night before, uh, what Wednesday. Mean, Wednesday night, yeah, the night before we signed him, that I'd finally signed up to the Genk Forum and thought, better be prepared here just in case. And even on their forum, they were still saying at that point, still think, you know, he'll he'll go for a higher money, still think there'll be an auction and people will come in for him. So I was still thinking, yeah, it's not going to happen. And I think you sent me a picture, were it about eight o'clock in the morning yesterday? Yes. <laughs> Something like that saying, oh my God, this might actually be happening. And I was like... I, yeah, I, I, I can't get my head around it. <laughs> I think that that was the point where I thought this is actually legitimately going to happen when I saw that picture of him in the Copthorne. And even then, I'm looking at it going like, you know, I'm Googling pictures of uh, uh, of him, like, uh, yeah, not in football gear, being like, is that definitely him? Like, is that a six foot five footballer? Is it just someone who happens to work in the Copthorne? And yeah. I'm thinking, is it. Is that actually definitely Chris Wilder? It's not someone else, and yeah, that was I was sort of. Well, uh, people were saying oh, he's not tall enough to be him, and they were like getting like you know measurements out, <laughs> all sorts about how tall Wilder were compared to this guy and all this, and, and there's still people on Facebook about um, about 
20 minutes before he signed saying, it's not him. It's definitely not him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw somebody, uh, I think it was on the S2 forum, just doing like a forensic examination to show that it was definitely the railway in the background um, of the photo. <laughs> just so it was definitely the Copthorne. Um, Amazing. But but it happened. I mean, you know, we, we recorded on um, Tuesday morning, wasn't it? And, um, you know, then the, in the afternoon, there was the thing of like... Uh, uh, he's been training with Genk, you know. The I think the I think it might have been Genk's official Twitter put out like a photo of him training, and then on Wednesday he was not training, but apparently it was not a training day for Genk. So he's sort of like you know get excited, and then it's like oh no, probably yeah. Probably I didn't I didn't buy that bit either. I, I just thought well yeah they don't they're not training today. I, I didn't you know yeah. when I saw him training on the Tuesday I think it was after we'd done the pod I was thinking well this is not happening anytime soon anyway, and obviously deadlines on Friday. Hmm. And then and uh, I all thought we were going to get pipped. So yeah, I, that was very much in in my mind as well. Just yeah, this kind of like it, it feels too good to be true. I think, but um, but apparently it was. I mean, one thing we uh, we didn't get the chance to react to live, unfortunately, because um, I think it happened just after we finished recording. But the uh, <laughs> the Manchester United links on Tuesday, yeah. which is uh, yeah, not not a great example of local journalism there, but. Yeah. I think this happened about 20 minutes after the pod had finished. I, I messaged yeah. you saying, oh, he's going to man you. But, and I don't sort of feel embarrassed by that because it were genuine sort of legitimate sources that were saying this. It wasn't just, you know, some rubbish Twitter accounts that called Agent 9 or whatever. You know? Yeah, it was, uh, it was the guy from it's Manchester, like Manchester Evening News. Manchester Evening News' main editor saying, oh, he's been seen at the ground. I thought, oh, that, that makes a little bit more sense, you know, him going to Man United. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, again, for a good hour after that or whatever, I was thinking, well, yeah, that's it, we move on. Yeah, and I think it's probably worth pointing out how excited a lot of Man United fans were at the prospect of that. Um, but yes, it very quickly transpired. It was a, a 15-year-old reserve goalkeeper um, actually pictured in that one. Uh, and it was, uh, was it Robbie Savage's son? Is that Someone said it was Robbie Savage's son, yeah, which makes it even funnier, I it's, think. Uh, it's a great yeah. little twist, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it happened. It was confirmed yesterday uh, Sander Berger is a United player. I mean, I can't... I still... I mean, you said this just before we started recording. Still, don't totally believe it. I mean, that's that's insane. That's like, I, I can't. I mean, I I just never entertained the thought that this guy would play for us. Maybe in the summer if we'd finished like eighth or or higher or something like that. But for him to come here in January, particularly after uh, rejecting us for for want of a better word in the previous summer, mm-hmm. I mean, that's remarkable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Well, I, yeah, I just thought. I still even think now. Is there a is there a, a twist to it? Is uh, is he, <laughs> you know, is he lined up to go to Liverpool at the end of the season or something? And we're just sort of looking after it. Obviously, I don't really think this, but my mind is going to these sort of conspiracy theories because it's such a an incredible signing. At least on, I mean, I'd like to say there's a lot of backslapping going on already about this signing. He's not actually played a game yet, but. Yeah. I think if you're looking for, but you know, unless there's a massive injury or anything, if you're looking for a player who looks like he's going to succeed, you'll be hard pressed to find someone I think more likely to succeed than Sanderberg for Sheffield United with the attributes he brings and like his mentality and uh, the way he speaks and everything like that, even stuff like that is, uh, you know, really encouraging. But yeah. yeah, it just doesn't seem. It, it's just not when you know the last time we've been in the Premier League. This is even including Bassett. We, we never sign players like this. The most exciting signing we've possibly ever had before this was James Beattie, would you say? Yeah, I, mean, I, I just off the cuff asked Jay that exact same question, actually. You know, is this the most exciting signing uh, in our lifetime um, of, of supporting United? And yeah, I, I mean, none, none sprung to mind to compare to it. But yeah, in terms of like, 
you know, obviously we've signed players who became exciting in that, in yeah. that sort of 25 year period or whatever. But um, by the way, I, I'm not 25 in case anyone thinks I'm just shaving, <laughs> in case anyone thinks I'm just like casually shaving 10 years off my age there. I, I mean, in the time I've been supporting United. Just to be clear. <laughs> anyway, yeah, in terms of like, you know, here's a guy that's just signed for us. And you're like, oh, wow, that's like such a statement. I mean, we're getting excited about blooming Fabian Brandy not that long ago. I mean, this is just... Yeah, this is it. I, I do, I, I clearly remember when we signed James Beattie thinking that's an amazing signing for a championship mm-hmm. club. You know, he, he was only playing for England the year before or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And obviously that did turn out to be a good signing in terms of the goals he, he got and stuff but it's not even on the same ballpark as this is it no and I think I mean I particularly wanted to talk to you about this just like I think what it means is how far the club has come I know we we talk about it quite frequently and I know there's a bit of like you know some some sections of our fan aren't so keen on the like oh you know look how quickly we've progressed and you know this time three years ago we were playing Bristol Rovers or whatever but this is this is another level I mean I, I think I've talked about it loads of times that every you know, I keep sort of taking stock of where we are as a club and being like, I can't believe how quickly we've progressed. And then something else happens. Yeah. You know, then we. This is it for me. I think that the the the, uh, the statement I think is better, arguably as big as the signing itself. Should I say? Mm. I think that just the idea that you know, well, they've signed Sander Berg. You're looking at other players now, thinking, well, they might want to come to us now. You know, Absolutely. players you thought you'd never had a chance of. Even people like Jared Bowen, who's gone, looks like he's gone to West Ham. I, I was thinking, well, we've not got a chance of someone like him. He, he's probably mm. going to go to a, a, a Palace or a, you know, a more established club than we are in the Premier League. Now you look at it and you think, and you do start thinking, well, if we've, if we've attracted him, surely we can attract you know other people of a similar or even lesser calibre. Yeah, and, and it just changes. I think it changes the whole dynamic of the club. Absolutely, and it's it's such a far cry from uh, you know the the Dean and Fjortoft nightmare sale day, and you know all those. Yeah. It's been a little while since we've had a, a genuine example of this, although I, I do want to talk about um, one such example in a in a little while. But it's been a while since we've had a transfer window where I'm like properly fretting about us having to having to hang on to someone. You know, somebody's going to get sold. But yeah. this is another level. I mean, you look back at uh, you know tra- transfer windows in. Let's take last January for example. We obviously bolstered the squad w- with squad players, as it turned out. You know, Medine, uh, Dowell, Hogan. All yeah. of whom, all of whom contributed, but were squad players. This is somebody who, if it goes right, could be like part of our midfield for ten years, or it could be, you know, going to Spurs or someone for like fifty million in a couple of seasons. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's as you say, it's it's a completely next level transfer in terms of what it means for the club. And yeah, I, I know it, it. It feels like I was sort of like building a lot of pressure on someone who's only twenty one. I don't think he's. I'm not expecting him to sort of come in and have like you know ten goals from midfield or anything like that. For starters, he's not that kind of player, but no. also, that is a massive ask. It's just in terms of like yeah, the the investment in this guy as someone who can develop with us, as we've seen a lot of players do, it's massive. And yeah, I, I'm, I just think everyone's stunned. I think the pundits yeah. are stunned. I think our own fans are quite clearly stunned. <laughs> uh, but I think just you're looking on Sky Sports and stuff, and they're saying this is like you know it's a brilliant side, and they're like quite how how have they got old and what a statement this is and. Yeah. Someone was saying yesterday, like it just goes to show, like the mean business. And you know, credit to to the Prince and credit to Wilder because we've never known anything like this. I mean, I don't think any of our fans. We always we're, we're always like one of these. We you know you get we're part of our fan base. Show some ambition, Blades, you know, mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. But I don't think any of us thought we'd get something like this over the line. No, I mean, I remember being like slightly amazed in the summer when we spent like seven million on Callum Robinson and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the is... McBurney one, I think me and you were saying, wow, you know. Yeah. Well, the McBurney, I think we get him as well as like Moose and Robinson and Freeman. Yeah. So, true. yeah, this just goes up another thing. And I, I, yeah, I, 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 for me, I'm not putting any pressure on him. He might not even be the, you know, the player that he can be this season. It might yeah. take him a while to get into the into the league. It's a lot faster, obviously, than the Belgian league and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not expecting him to come in, take ten people on against Palace and bang one in the top corner in the last minute. But <laughs> it's the statement of the signing that we're willing to do this. And if this signing goes, you know, even reasonably well, there's no reason why. I mean, that should encourage the club to go for more, you know, to uh, uh, be more ambitious than they've been with this signing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the ownership there. I mean, if you had any any doubts about the direction the club is going in right now, then I think this, this just, like, should uh, assuage any of those doubts, basically. I mean, you know, while they signed a new contract, we, we, we said at the time that was obviously a statement of he's happy with, with budgets, with how things are progressing off the field as well as on it. And, yeah, this, this just sort of completely underlines it. So it's good times. I don't want to do the... Uh, you know, we would have been different under McCabe because uh, I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know if this is, you know, was was the plan all along or something like that. But yeah, I think if you're in the camp of, um, you know, still kind of having question marks about uh, Prince Abdullah, then he's doing everything right as far as I'm well, concerned. He was significantly involved in the transfer deal, whatever that means. I mean, he's obviously going to be involved in, he's the owner. But I yeah. think he sort of made a point in the, uh, I think Chris Wilder did it as well, that mm. it, the Prince sort of, put a lot of effort into into getting this over the line himself which has got to help um because you know if your owner's talking to you you know in in and trying to coax you to come to the club and stuff it, it shows how much you want and that oh yeah I've, he's done everything right so far the prince and I'm, I, I can't fault him and i think people are off if there are still people out there faulting him it seems to me like they're looking for problems i, I don't see any I can't see how you can fault him, to be honest. No, the uh, you know his words are good and his actions are good as well so far. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, pretty good time, I think. Um, you know I'm just looking now. I'm not Sky Sports because I'm a massive hypocrite, despite the fact I said I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> on transfer deadline day, I've got it on. And Norwich have just signed a left back from Coventry, uh, and that's the sort of signings they expected us to make this winter, yeah. to be honest. Yes, that probably will be a good signing, by the way. But yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, mean, oh yeah, not knocking the signing, but that is the sort of signing. Maybe one for the future. You yeah, know, not building, you know, maybe integrating for a bit and then see what he's like next year. But yeah, to yeah, so sign Sander Berg and uh, hopefully this other guy coming in from Bayer Leverkusen could be a coup as well. From yeah, Martin. well, didn't you? Uh, I think you mentioned it to me uh, yesterday, actually, that a couple of weeks ago we said something like we'd be happy if uh, you know we didn't really we didn't really expect us to sign anyone this this window apart from a bit of cover and. Yeah, well, well, that's been kind of blown out the water. I mean, well, I, I think I basically called people idiots who said we should spend money. So you know, I apologise for that. <laughs> in in that... our in our defence, I think we did also say if if the deal is is there to be done, let's yeah. do it. And this yeah. is, you know, Berger is uh, what is he? He's twenty one. Mm. Uh, it's to be honest, it doesn't feel like a ridiculous amount of money to spend on him. I mean, it's twenty two million. I think is what's going yeah. to report. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. It is a lot for us, but it's not a lot in Premier League terms. Correct. Yes, it's it's an asset that we, you know, I would say at the very least we'll get a couple of years out of, and then we will either make a very big profit on him, I would imagine, or someone will take him off our hands for pretty much the same amount of money. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if there's any other route that that it goes down. I don't know if I'm being like ridiculously optimistic there, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it, it's as you say, it's very different to I guess what we were all expecting to happen. Um, 
Is he the most handsome player that Sheffield United have had for a... You can't be having a go at Gorgeous George is still there, isn't he? So we can't, you know, between him and fight for the ladies, I think, with those two. So. Yeah, I was, I was uh, you know, watching him give his little presentation. I was thinking, the, the ladies of Sheffield would be uh, very happy with this signing. I think he's a, <laughs> he's a good-looking chap. And, uh, yeah, it seems like he, he speaks well as well from the... Uh, the interviews that I've seen. Um, speak better English than most of our players from what I've, uh, from what I've seen myself, to be honest. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we have uh, time of recording. Uh, still no news on uh, Retsos from Leverkusen, but that's that's expected to be done today. But let's talk about um, Rosharo Zivkovic first. Mm. Striker from uh, Chinese second division. Uh, Jay's just kind of broken down his... Uh, I guess his profile as a player. What's yeah. what's your what's your take on this signing? It's a loan for six months with an option to buy in the summer. What do you reckon? I've got to admit the, the views I've got from him have not been great. He seems a bit of a Ravel Morrison character who sort of burst onto the scene, didn't he? Ajax's mm. youth team banging goals in and was the next wonder kid, the next one off the Ajax uh, production line, and it's not really worked out. I think he went to China by all accounts for the money rather than anything else, which mm. you know some people will say doesn't look well with him, but. I'm not going to knock a Chris Wilder signing at any time. Certainly not before they played a, played a game for us. He's one of he looks ridiculously fast, yeah. and I imagine that the, the thinking is, and we've said this before, that we don't have that option once Musa's. We rely a lot on Musa um, in terms of like getting behind the defence. I think we've got no striker who's anywhere near that sort of pace. Well, now we have, so you know, I imagine it'll it'll be drip drip fed into the side. Uh, two or three substitute appearances and then possibly a start if Touchwood was saved by the end of the season. So, again, another, it's a bit of a no-risker, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it just sort of feels like a classic Wilder signing, really, doesn't it? Where it's, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work, we just move on with sort of uh, no harm done to us. You know, as I say, it's only, yeah. it's like a six-month trial, basically, isn't it? So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how this one goes. Um, Panos Retsos is the, the other one who's the... Uh, Young defender from Leverkusen. The the word on the street. Maybe this will be confirmed by the time. Well, I certainly hope it's confirmed by the time people are listening to this. But perhaps by the time we're done talking, word yeah. on the street is it's going to be a loan uh, from Leverkusen for the rest of the season. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully with a, an option to buy as well. What's um, I mean, you've been gathering. Presumably, you've been gathering the views from uh, yeah. from from buyer on this one. What's what's the feeling? Um, they really, really like him. Uh, they, by all accounts, they were in their team uh, for for the majority when he first because he's cost them seventy million, didn't they? Yeah, uh, thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah, and he came into their team at nineteen, which is this is Leverkusen as Champions League side, so that's no, you know, it's no mean feat in itself. Uh, and then he got this awful injury, which kept him out for twelve months or whatever. And now he's not quite managed. Th- their fans want him back in the team on the whole. They say, you know, we th- he's not been given enough chances. He's come back from injury. The manager doesn't seem to like him quite as much. But they are really impressed with him. There's lots to learn, you know. By the sounds of it, uh, he still makes what someone guys is put. Uh, he makes one to two hair raising mistakes per game and a lot of blind passes, mm. which is quite a bit of a theme on the view from that he he is prone to the odd catastrophe mistake. But he's 21 years old, so that doesn't really worry me that much. Um, I think, you know, he's coming into a club where hopefully in about a month's time we're going to have enough points to be safe. And yeah. he can make their mistakes and grow from it. And I'm, I'm quite excited about this one, to be. I have to admit, because the pedigree's there. He's a Greek international already. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, this looks a good signing on paper to me. I just love that it's three more... I mean, i got uh, probably more excited than most people about this in the summer that we were signing young players and 
yeah, what is this? 20, 20, 21, 23, yeah. 21, these three players. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, that's to go with, obviously, McBurney was 23. Robinson, I think, was 23 when we signed him as well. Um, yeah, yep. it, just, it just felt like it's such a... I don't know, just such a, an obvious but also smart shift in the club's transfer policy. And yeah, if, if just a couple of these hit, then they could be big players for us for a long time. And yeah, yeah. this feels like another one where he's, you know, he's, he's obviously got something to prove because he's he's barely played for um, the last year or so due to injury. And he has uh, he has kind of slipped down the, the pecking order at by, I think, um, you know, there's just, there's just loads of defenders ahead of him now, basically. So... Yeah, that that's good for us. I think you know the, these are yeah. the the kind of market we're able to shop in, and and also I think we have to say what uh, I don't think I mean, we sort of danced around it. I don't think we kind of spelled it out explicitly, but this is such a shift into European markets. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we signed Verips obviously uh, from Belgium in the summer, but I don't know if there was a uh, you know a sort of off field Belgian connections kind of help with that kind of thing yeah this, these are like actual signings from non-british clubs yeah i mean that's that's a big deal you know you, you mentioned jared bowen it's not something I, expected. I, I expected we had to do it at some point i certainly yeah. didn't expect it in the first season back um it's obviously happened because i imagine the club are fairly confident they're going to be in the premier league again next season but mm. yeah i mean we'll see how they go and i think the fact that these two are loans it's a good sort of indication as well of have we got it quite right? You know, if they don't work out, these signings, then we may look again and say, well, maybe we need to, you know, scout a little bit differently, bring different people in because they, they've not quite worked out. Um, I think the big sign is, you know, if he could, someone like that becomes available, it's a no-brainer, you've got to sign him. But with these two mm. coming on loan, you know, if, if uh, the, I'm not going to even pronounce his name, but if the Greek lad comes in and uh, and he's, uh, you know, and he's making mistake after mistake after mistake, then, yeah, all right, we've, we've not really lost anything as long as, you know, there's not a ridiculous fee in place that we we've signed to definitely sign in. You know, in the yeah. in the summer. But yeah, I, I'm really excited by it all. And you know, there's always a, I, there's always that thing with United fan where you do think, oh, is this you know, this is a bit going a little bit too well. What's going to happen? But <laughs> if you can't enjoy it, then you know, there's no point in watching football because this is probably as good as it's got for most of our lifetimes. Yeah, I've been on a on a high from the from the burger signing, particularly uh, mm. ever since it became apparent that it was actually going to happen. Just uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, there was a good a good way of putting it that you said there of like if if you can if you can do that deal, go and do that deal. Like that's yeah, that is a no brainer. There's no real drawback to that at all, unless well, I don't want to invent some fictional situation that uh, that might yeah. scupper it, but. Yeah, the other two are uh, the other two are kind of like prove it deals, really, aren't they? A bit like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. The, the ones we handed out to McGoldrick, to Morrison. Like, come here, show us what you can do. If you you know if you fit with the squad, if you perform well, then there's a, a career for you in the Premier League of you know with one of the best managers out there, one of the most sort of innovative yeah. and progressive sides as well. So yeah, to be honest, uh, I think the Red Sox signing has got definitely got potential to be a really really good one. There's another quote here saying he's 19 and he's just out of the junior league, which is what obviously the Germans are called the the U team. They say he's a talent, nothing more. But by 27, he'll be a top top defender. Mm. I, you know, that's a sort of the signing. I mean, we can't really expect to be going and getting a, a, a you know a, a, someone from Bayer Leverkusen's first team at this particular moment in time. So that's, they're the sort of signings I think you've got to look for. And I think yeah. Norwich did sort of these things really well. Um, sure. Uh, when they obviously came up to the championship, got a lot of talents from abroad that you might have not heard of, and they've all worked out on the whole anyway. So, yeah, I'm really excited and really sort of it's, a, it's an interesting new era that 
could take us into a completely different direction, you know, even further up the table. For sure. Um, right, let's let's move on to some uh, outgoings just to check those off, um, just to finish up, I suppose. But first of all, I mean, I mentioned it uh, a little bit ago. We've got to talk about the John Fleck situation. I, I can't I can't let this go unmentioned on this podcast. It was one of the um, well, I hope I don't offend anyone here, but it was one of the stupider twenty minutes of being a Blades fan. I think on, on Twitter <laughs> certainly. Were you uh, were you privy to this or were you were you doing something? No, I were completely. I I were on the S two forum looking and see to see Berg had signed, yeah. uh, and then this thing come up like outgoing John Fleck and like right, what's happening here? And, I, and then someone goes, oh no, and I'm like, oh, what's happened? And I was like quite worried. I think that was the first thing I saw. And then someone posted this tweet from his wife, and, I'm like, and? <laughs> is that it? You know, is that really it? And I'm just looking now at what people were saying at the time on the S two forum. I was like, oh no. And then someone swears, but in a in a not in a good way. Uh, this doesn't sound good. Um, hopefully, this is not his wife's account. <laughs> uh, this is going to ruin a great day. <laughs> Do you know That's what I mean? Like... It's all it's all this sort of oh my word. This this would be a real kick in the you know what's uh, losing flight would be massive. Just pure, this all these tweets, all these posts came out within the space of about. One minute. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it's also, uh, when I say this is dumb, by the way, I don't mean the people participating in this are dumb. I just mean, if you step back and look at it, it now looks pretty dumb. Let me just quickly lay out what happened here. So John Fleck's wife uh, reposted on her Instagram Instagram story a uh, motivational quote from some, I don't know, some beauty page or something like that. Um, we said something, something along the lines of like, uh, you know, uh, change can be a good thing. It's the friends you make on the way, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Somebody retweeted this or posted it on Twitter, and it became like, a, oh, this, you know, this sounds like flex on his way. There'd been that rumor that he was going to Arsenal for twenty million. Uh, it was a Daily Mail rumor, so you know, just file that one away for next time you see uh, one of our players linked somewhere in the Daily Mail. Um, and yeah, everyone, everyone lost their minds basically. Well, not everyone. Some people lost their minds. Um, which eventually led to uh, Flex Mrs. replying to a tweet basically saying, no, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. We just met up with some friends yesterday or something like that. And I think there was something like she'd been shopping in London as well uh, this week. It was like, ooh, you know, that's that's outlandish, isn't it, for a, a footballer's wife to be shopping in London? I can't think of any reason why you would do that apart from, I don't know, <laughs> it's a thing that people do. Um and yeah, it's, uh, you know the club made a good joke out of it with uh, a little video clip of uh, Fleck himself saying. Fleck seemed uh, genuinely yeah. confused by that, didn't they? Like what? Yeah, <laughs> co- confused and offended almost. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you yeah. talking to me? Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was just it was just bizarre. I think um, I his wife actually tweeted out. Um, Fleck's wife said, "I think she tweeted out. Uh, it's just a quote. Nowhere." Hang on. It's just a quote. He's going nowhere. We met friends that we hadn't seen for ages yesterday, and that's what it were about. And someone put to her, "Why are you doing these sort of posts and transfer deadline week?" <laughs> for goodness' sake! You can put what she wants. If you're going to worry about it, that's your problem. That's it. And I would just caution people: like, just remember this next time there's a transfer window. <laughs> just you know, not everything has a, a, a deeper meaning. And yeah, it was. I think the thing that sort of tipped me over the edge into like tearing my hair out um, at the reaction to it was like, we ju- I think we'd either just announced 
burger, or he'd just been. Like, I don't spotted. think they'd announced him. I think the the he'd done the medical and all that sort of stuff. I think that's what. Yeah, yeah. And so we had like fifteen glorious minutes of like <laughs> basking this phenomenal moment. It's like now Flex and Arsenal, his, his wife's posted on Instagram. And like, no, just enjoy being here. You know, I love all the, the the you know the the emojis, the frown faces on Twitter. Oh no. As if, like, as if she had literally just come out and put flex gone, see you later, lads. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was that, it was such a, an open post. It was such a, yeah. a vague post that you could read anything into it. I've got to say, if I was a uh, a footballer's other half, I would just be. I'd be doing that constantly. I mean, oh, every, yeah, every amazing, deadline it, yeah. day, I'd be. I mean, United. To be fair, United's own Twitter were doing it yesterday afternoon when it like. Yeah. Taking the mick out of everyone who turned notifications on by, you know, <laughs> here's a picture of Ollie McBurney, here's a picture of someone else. Like, yeah. oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely got us on stream. I have been doing that's a brilliant idea, just like saying, you know, um, well, things change, you can't be happy forever. Uh, let's yeah. hope the chapter's the good one. Oh my God, just to watch everyone have a massive meltdown. <laughs> yeah, just post like a, I don't know, an airplane emoji or something like that. Nothing else. Just, <laughs> yeah. Maybe like that. It's good. Good times. It's. Uh, it's. It, we'll, we'll look back on those twenty minutes as. Um, yeah, something that well, <laughs> was it actually happened, it happened in a minor way with this uh, retros side, whatever he's called, the Greek man, as I want to call him, until I get his name right or slightly <laughs> less wrong. Uh, <laughs> people are uh, people are saying, "Oh, hang on, you know, it's been a while now. Maybe he's not past his medical. He has had a bad injury. Just calm down. Just if it happens, it happens. That's fair enough." But. Stop making these hypoth. It's just pure anxiety disorder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did say it's like a, a fan base we've just got PTSD from yeah. the previous transfer. I windows. completely understand you're expecting it because I'm sat here. Like, we've just been saying, "What are United doing signing players like this? This is insane." Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I understand that you're expecting this kick in the balls around the corner, but everyone just seems to be clinging on to the most minor thing they can find to worry about. It's like they they're not happy unless they can worry. Yeah, everything's great. Enjoy it. Uh, when when bad things happen and and they will over a long enough time period, worry about them then. But this really well, I think, is. I think you said to me, wait, like if we lose to Palace and uh, Burden has the best game, then we're going to be saying, oh, we've overpaid. That's it. We're yeah. going down. We're going to have this twenty-five million pound player on his books in the Champions. It's all going to come out, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, best that we am at Palace this weekend. <laughs> um, right, some some actual outgoings then. Uh, let's tick off the less interesting ones. So David Parkhouse goes out on loan to Stevenage. Yeah, uh, signed a new contract, weren't it? Oh. Apparently, the club have not said anything about this. I don't think have they? Oh, they not. I'm sorry, I thought they had. I thought that was a, a confirmed. I, well, I don't, I've not seen it. Um, I've just seen it. I think it was a tweet from Stevenage actually who said that that he'd signed it and then moved there. So I mean, it's probably it probably is true, and maybe United just. I don't know, aren't that fussed about talking about it or something like that. But Parkhouse was at Derry City, um, and he, he did really well for them, banged in a lot of goals. He did. Uh, he uh, did. Young, young striker. Um, so, yeah, this is his first taste of EFL football. And he was uh, Olympic Celtic, weren't I? Was he? I don't know. I missed that. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was Olympic Celtic, and I think that's why we've, if we have signed him a contract, this is what I presume that if he doesn't make our first team, then we feel like we can get possibly a bit of money for him at least. Mm, um, because I know he were out of contract at the end of this season. so That's right, yeah. We're, I think Stevenage are rock bottom of League Two, aren't they? So they this are. Is a, they this are, is a are. proper baptism of fire. Go there and yeah, find your feet, basically, if you yeah. can. So, interesting well, to I'm, see. I remember getting Derry fans' views from him, uh, and the idea, the, the general consensus was that he was a really good goal scorer, but had a lot to work on in his all-round game. So mm. I'm not too, 
I won't say I'm not optimistic he's too young and I've not seen him at all playing myself, but just purely from what the Derry fans say, I'm not sure if he's anywhere near ready for Premier League quality, so it might be a good thing, you know, having a couple of loans first and seeing how he gets on. Yeah, definitely. I think our boy Phil Rose is not super high on him. Uh, Is he not? Certainly at the level that we're at at the moment. Um, Apologies, Phil, if you're listening and I've completely put words in your mouth there, but I'm I'm sure I saw uh, saw words to that effect on... um, on the forum not too long ago but yeah, yeah. Well, the Derry fans do see the, the overall thing was yeah he's scoring lots of goals but you know he's a bit slow and he, he didn't hold it up well and there were quite a lot of criticism there for a, a person who'd scored so many goals for him mm, yes indeed um, the other one is uh, Marcus Dewhurst a young goalkeeper he has moved from uh, National League to League 2 uh, he's gone to mm. Carlisle um, that kind of fits with what we do with a lot of these kind of development loans, isn't it? You know, they just sort of... Um... End up at Carlisle, a lot of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, true, actually. Yeah. Is that where Nathan Thomas is? Yeah, Nathan Thomas and Slate were there. Um, uh, hat-trick so hero, Nathan Thomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, if, you know, he got an hat-trick, yeah, like you said, he got an hat-trick, <laughs> didn't he, this week? So. But yeah, so we've obviously got a good relationship with Carlisle. It's just a shame for the players that he's absolutely miles away. <laughs> But yeah, this, that, that kind of fits what we, we... I feel like we do that with a lot of uh, our younger players, don't we? Um, Norrington Davis is the one that springs to mind when he, he was at Barrow, I think, and then yeah. uh, he's obviously at Rochdale this season. So we... Yeah, it's, it's quite a nice... I, I like what we're doing with some of our loans in terms of we don't... We're trying to find football for them, but we also, we don't let them... It, it feels like we're sort of appraising them all the time in terms of going like, they've almost outgrown that level already. Quick, recall them and get them straight out to a slightly higher level. I mean... You know, look at it. Tyler Smith, the uh, the striker who's on loan at. Um, Bruce, he's got to Roch, Roch, yeah, Rochdale now. Sorry, I can't, I can't. so so not um, it's not moved leagues, but um, Bristol Rovers brought in a new manager. He wasn't playing, so yeah, we basically yanked him straight out of there and stuck him straight in another team in the same league instead. So yeah, do you a uh, good chance to go and uh, get? It's some a strange one with these young players because now we've got we've outgrown. So and I don't mean yeah. that in a detrimental effect to these players, but. You know, if we were a middle-in championship club for a couple of years, they probably would have got a chance. And yeah. it's just that we've progressed so much that, you know, it's going to be really, really difficult for any of them to break through. I mean, Norrington Davis is a fantastic example, getting rave reviews at Rochdale for, you know, all season. He got rave reviews at Barrow. He's in the Wales under-21 squad. I, I just don't know, especially with the signing now Robinson. I don't understand how, where he gets in, really. Yeah, no, you're right. It's almost... I know what you mean. It's almost... Sad, isn't it? That the you know the vast vast majority of our like development players probably will never get on the pitch for us. But yeah, but that happens. That that's that's football. That's what it is. Know. Yeah. This is why I'd like to say the new signing. You know, the Bayer Leverkusen guy coming in. He, he to, to get a move at you know at nineteen year old to a Champions League team for seventeen million or whatever it was. He, he's quite clearly got something about him. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Dewhurst. Uh, is he? I think he's England under under nineteen keeper, isn't he? Yeah. He was, he, he, so where were he last year? Sorry, were at Barrow. Uh, I'll just bring that. Up. Do you know he, he doesn't seem to have a Wikipedia page? It's, it's shocking. I might have to go and create one after this. Yeah. So that's come on. I think he was at Barrow. Wherever he was, I remember getting views from him, and they were really good. To be fair, so you know, mm. hope he can uh, have another good spell at, at a league club. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to. I, Trying to remember if I'm just talking absolute nonsense here, but I feel like he scored for England under 19s in the summer. He did. He did. He scored off a, a corner or something in yeah. the last minute. Yeah, got, got an equaliser. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I just think I've just been trying to Google that while we're talking, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a woeful. I'm going to go and write Marcus Dewhurst's biography after we finish this podcast. He, 
Clearly needs more words. Deserves it just for scoring a goal, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, England. Oh, it was Geisley you played for. Sorry, not uh, Barrow. Geisley you played for. See, that's one where I have no idea how you pronounce it. So I'm glad you went in there first. I don't know where there's Geisley. Oh, really? Geisley. I'm probably wrong, there, mate. About it. Mind you, it's an English name. I'm quite all right with English people. It's just <laughs> the, uh, the, the Baldock's Greek. <sighs> sort Sorry, of. my my mistake. <laughs> um, got a Greek, to... Greek mum, I think. So yeah, I'm 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 having him as a a full on Brexit Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a slight irony about all our uh, European transfer business happening on uh, on Brexit Day as well. It's um, well, it was funny yesterday because trending was there uh, Sander Burge, Chris Wilder, and Nigel Farage, like all in a row, and Katie Hopkins. And I'm like, oh, what's happened now? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Katie Hopkins thing is pretty funny, to be fair, but it's probably, yeah, probably yeah. one for a, a, a completely different podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was I going to say on uh, on that regard? Uh, no, can't remember. Never mind. Um, Kean Bryan goes on loan to Bolton. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure he's going to play for us. Ever, That's a I tough think. move for him, that as well, because obviously the rock bottom, I, mean, I, I can't see him staying up. I think anyone going to Bolton, bit of a... I don't know, probably a bit of a no-win situation, isn't it, it seems? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's kind of similar with uh, with Parkhouse, really. It's like chuck him, chuck him right mm. in the deep end. I mean, yeah, Brian's obviously, uh, he played in League One for Oldham before signing for us, but it's, it's not really had much of a chance first-team football, played some cup games. You know, he looked, it's, it's kind of pointless, I guess, but he, he looked pretty good in pre-season. I thought we were actually using him mm. more in midfield in some of those yeah. um some of those games. He I played saw, every but... game, didn't he, pre-season, I'm pretty sure. Or at least come on in every game. I, uh, I certainly saw a lot of him playing, yeah. <laughs> it's just unusual. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of time Charlton for him. I linked with him, so I was quite surprised he went to Bolton because Charlton linked with him for a long time and I thought you'd yeah, at right. least get like a, a mid-table league one side, but clearly not. Yeah, he needs football though, doesn't he? Uh, he's he's he 23 now, he's barely played in the last couple of years, so... He's not getting near our team, you know, bringing in um, a couple of other players as well. Obviously, uh, Rod Wells viewed as a, a defensive option. Yeah. Uh, Jack Robinson as well. So, yeah, he's, again, just, just sort of slipped down the lineup a bit. So that makes sense. Um, and then a couple of permanent ones that are not confirmed but sound like they're going to be. Ravel Morrison. The Ravel Morrison experiment is over. I've heard that's alone, actually. But he's out of contract anyway, isn't he, at the end of the season? So I see him coming back. Yeah, so it's essentially... Um, it's essentially a six-month contract there, isn't it? and yeah, he'll. Well, because people were saying, "Why is he only going on loan?" And I imagine that's more from if it's Middlesbrough, it's Middlesbrough yeah. side thinking, "Well, we don't want to give this guy," which is understandable, you know, a three-year yeah. contract or anything like that. So. Yeah, and maybe yeah, maybe he's you know he, he stays on the same kind of terms he's on with us, if you like, in terms of wages, and yeah, they just pick up a. Bit I want to mention before him earlier, and someone in the know in there claimed that he were on twenty-five thousand pound a week at United, which. Is quite clearly nonsense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would imagine that's if if that's the case, that's got to be structured in a way that's like you know you get X amount if you play, X amount if you score, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know, I just X... don't see it. He's not. He's no way is he one of our highest paid players. No, we no. Just I mean, without any inside knowledge, no, just, no, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, I mean that's that's obviously it for his time at United. This well, I mean. Surely there's like there's like a one percent chance that we give him an extended contract if you yeah. know on the on the off chance he just tears up the championship for six months. But we'll always I have mean, the memories. <laughs> we'll always have his eight minutes against Leicester. <laughs> uh, I'm not one of these people that gets particularly. And I know you're not as well. Like, that, that kind of 
I feel like some people take it a little bit personally, like that he's not succeeded for us. And I'm just kind of like, well, you know, we knew it was a, a bit of a, a gamble in terms of, you know, this is a very little cost to us. Um, it doesn't seem like he's been a pain in the ass behind the scenes. I know there's been a few, there's been a few like official interviews where people have kind of joked about he's the one that gets fined the most for lateness and things yeah. like that. But you know, Wilder's always spoke spoke quite positively about him, and also Wilder's the kind of guy that if somebody's is being a pain in the ass. We just get rid of them immediately, don't we? And you know, he's yeah. kind of gone out of his way to talk up how well he's doing in training and stuff like that. I've never so... known a player with a Ravel as well that so many fans sort of had such sort of. I think this is one of the things that people have. To, no, I want to turn against it. People presume something's going off behind the scenes because mm. people had such high expectations of him, didn't they? Mm. Which is based on pretty much nothing in the past five or six years at least. And that's almost saying I don't understand how he gets in the team. And you have to forgive me, I can't remember what poster it was on the S2 forum. He said, Yeah, it really is a conundrum. Looks at table. Oh yeah, case closed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was Loughborough Blade, actually. That's the classic, yeah, that's correct, that yeah. And that's it was just right. it, it's I don't know if he can fit into a system. There's certainly not a system, a high press system that we play. Yeah, it's I imagine um and maybe some people think I'm being, uh, uh, I'm giving him too much credit here. But I imagine we expected to have to use him more this season. And yeah, le- I mean, you know, obviously we had Lundstrom in the team through preseason, so that was a plan for him to be a starting mm. midfielder for us. But I'd be surprised if anyone behind the scenes at United thought that those three were going to be so good in the Premier League. And you know, then yeah, uh, yeah it's just kind of bumped Morrison out. I mean, to be honest, you- when Robinson left. I did wonder whether we were thinking of replacing him with Morrison as a, you know, as a, as a, on a McGoldrick sort of role, like almost like a free role, but mm. obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a gamble that didn't work. I'm 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 intrigued to see how he does at Borough. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, he does have flashes of skill from what we've seen, but yeah, yeah. nowhere near, nowhere near enough to ever seriously challenge for our team and. No. Yeah, the fact the fact he wasn't even um, <clears throat> excuse me wasn't even involved in the uh, the cup game at Millwall. I mean that might have been because we knew he was on his way out, but yeah. at the same time that that kind of does speak volumes, I think. So yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, didn't work out here. Um, and you have to say, uh, if he can't work for him under Chris Wilder, then uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Is unless he's just going to accept playing in uh, in a lower league, I suppose. But um, yeah, on he goes. I'm uh, I, I will watch with interest. How he gets on. Yeah, I did um, actually think he'd end up at someone like Salford or something. You know, I don't know, because they were interested in him, weren't they, in pre-season. Wow. Really? Did you not know that? Sorry. Yeah, no. yeah Gary Neville actually said in a, in a Q&A that the, uh, he, he, <laughs> he privately messaged him saying, what are you up to now? Because I've just signed for Premier League Sheffield. You know, All right, mate. Yeah, just seeing how you're getting on. <laughs> <laughs> Salford, who just signed uh, James Wilson, former Lone Star. Today as yeah, well. yeah, the, the yeah. great James Wilson, who will always be remembered for coming on instead of Billy Sharp in the derby, won't I? Yeah, let's not talk about that. He's got one goal instead for of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got one goal for us at Norwich, so at least he did something. Um, and then Mark Duffy, the ultimate punishment, <laughs> not content with uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, not content yeah. with being forced to uh, well, not even get on the bench at Stoke anymore, but. We're sending him to play for Pardew. Yeah, it, I mean it's like a, it's a fate worse than death almost, and I mean, of all the people to go and play for, yeah, he's off to to Den Haag apparently. This is the yeah, uh, and it's another English player as well. I can't. Yeah, my mind's gone blank. Yeah, same here as well. Let's. Uh, I'll I'll try and 
look that up uh, as we're talking. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe it's not even that interesting, to be honest. I wonder who it was. Anyone springing to mind? I've got it. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I just can't. It's just not coming. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll get there. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we've already talked about uh, you know the the kind of sad situation with with Duffy, if you like, um, being on his bike from the blades earlier in this season. So. Yeah. Not too much to to add apart from like you know it's just just not how yeah, we wanted it to work. Yeah, it's still a shame. He's still you know uh, the fact he's going miles away is actually better for me. In a in a you know I, I hope he really really tears it up for a long because it it would have hurt him tearing it up for another club in a weird way because he's you know he's it holds so many good memories for us, doesn't he? He still feels like to me anyway like a a Sheffield United player still. Yeah, and I suppose I don't have to watch um, every time there's a Stoke game on TV. I don't have to like tune in to find out if uh, if he's actually getting on the bench or on the pitch this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, just quickly to finish up then, because uh, obviously this was a, a an emergency podcast, and uh, yeah, we've got we've actually got a game of football tomorrow, believe it or not. Yeah, um, I know it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I did View from Palace today, and uh, like, okay, last night I only did Thursday night. Like, oh, oh, I've got that to do. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> He's so busy. Oh, my ball is the other one. That's it. Oh Sorry. yeah, <laughs> that's the other one going to her, uh, Den Hag. It's a, I love that name. Such a good name, Omar Bogle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just wanted to like, sort of finish up by just talking about sort of squad turnover generally. I mean, and, and by the way, hats off to you as you as you absolutely pointed out to me earlier. You correctly predicted that Callum Robinson and um, Ravel Morrison would not finish January as Sheffield yes. United players. Um, or at least, I also said Sander Berg won't sign though. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, oh dear, I, I, almost made, I almost made a very terrible, inadvertent sanding joke there with um, <laughs> taking taking rough with smooth. So yeah, instead, I just uh, talked around it in a really awkward way. Um, yeah, I want to talk about squad turnover just generally. I mean, uh, and this is kind of classic. You know, I'm sure we've all seen that hilarious tweet from the Wednesday fan this week about how uh, while there's uh, a failure in the transfer market and. You know, we sign hundreds of players and none of them actually work out. But, I mean, he kind of inadvertently hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, the fact that we churn through players is a good thing. You know, we, we yeah. identify quickly, this guy isn't going to work here or he's just not going to play now that we've signed X, Y and Z. Yeah. So, you know, let's uh, let's either get him some football on loan or, you know, kind of cut bait with him already. And, That's it. Yeah. Uh, if Wednesday have followed that philosophy, they might not be in the mess they're in, to be completely honest. Rather than waiting for these players to come good, Wilder, is, yes. I think it's good management. It's like, right, this guy's not fitting in, seeing a bit. We might lose a bit of money on him, but overall, you know, the, the players that he's getting rid of are, on the whole, players that we've not really spent much on anyway. Yeah, and, and player trading is so important for a team of our size. You know, we don't have, I think for any, to be honest, any team, unless you're like a super team like Man City, where it just doesn't it just doesn't matter that you you know turn a profit on players or you know you you constantly trying to upgrade even even at like i mean what was Kean Bryan? he was our what sixth choice center back something like that fifth choice center back like, yeah we've we've obviously gone like we need to upgrade this position because we play three and you know obviously one gets injured then suddenly you the next guy's only another you know a bit of fatigue or a red card or whatever away and it's such great squad building. I know that, you know, we said yes uh, early in the week how weird it is that, you know, Callum Robinson was our record signing and now he's suddenly out on loan in the championship. But it's, mm. yeah, I love it. It's great. It's it's what needs to be done. And also, I think it probably keeps players on their toes a little bit as well, doesn't yeah. it? Like, you have... Well, it's got to give them a lift as well, I would think. I mean, yeah. we're in the, the news again for all the right reasons. You know, they're not, they're only human, the players. And, you know, people are on saying, oh, 
look where Sheffield United are going. You know, this is like Pundit saying it and stuff. So you like to John Fleck, Egan and O'Connell, people who are thinking, I know, there might be a better move elsewhere. They're surely going to be getting a high from that as well, thinking they're a part of a club that actually means business. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's great to see. Um, you know, I, I try... I, I sometimes feel a little bit self-conscious that, like, I'm... Uh, Sometimes, sometimes sound a bit like a cheerleader for United. I think in terms of like, yeah, everything's so smart and it's such a great move in the transfer market and everything's great. We're playing such a brilliant way and stuff. But the fact is, it's actually true at the moment. I think How like, can you criticise? I, I, yeah. I, honestly, people will not realise this who honestly just listen to this podcast. But my friends, I'll say I'm probably the most negative United fan you'll ever meet. I just find it really <laughs> hard to be negative at the moment. It's true. Yeah, I was surprised when you told me that. To be honest, because uh, I've only known you as a at least a balanced United fan. So honestly, yeah. the league one days. I, were, I mean, look at my post on the S2 forum. I think when Wilder first came in and we lost to uh, Millwall, I was saying, "Well, that's it. We're probably going to be in League Two. Let's plan for that." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I genuinely sort of were in the dark, dark days. I were even darker, but I just, I just think you've got to enjoy it. And it's not. I'm not saying it as a, you know, as you say, as a cheerleader or anything. I just think. If you're not enjoying it, you're you're in the wrong. You're supporting the wrong teams. It's probably possibly not going to get better, or it's never been better, should I say? Yes, I would agree. Um, final bit of information that uh, I want to put out there. I think Zivkovic is our first ever footballer with a surname beginning with Z. I'll look that up. Wow. Right yeah, we had a, we had That's a Chinese good. guy. Yeah, I know. Oh, good. I'm glad you're interested in it as well. It's one of those, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those really stupid bits of trivia that I found quite interesting. About you. Uh, we had a uh, Yao Kun Zhang on trial in 2006, apparently, um, but obviously never played for us. So, uh, yeah, Zivkovic gets on the pitch at some point. There you go. We just need an ex. Somebody who was that point? Now? I want to give credit for that one. Uh, I don't know. Is there any ex football? Is Jacker? Is that an Jacker? Ex? Is the yeah. one? Yeah. Just well, I don't really want to sign him to be honest. Just for the make up this <laughs> this article yeah. list that we're we're making. Well, I was yeah because I was thinking there's a um, there's a Dem Blades feature there, isn't there? The best uh, the best player for each letter in the alphabet. So yeah, I think Deadbat did a one for each country. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, if anyone wants to get to get to work on that, I'd be interested. <laughs> yeah, we just need just need us to sign a, an X. But yeah, we'll see. Um Right mate, I think that's it. It's uh it's as I say, still slightly kind of like, has this definitely happened, you know? Yeah. Um and yeah, move on to Palace tomorrow. Uh we'll see if uh, one or more of these new players gets on the pitch. I mean there's there's still Technically, only two new signings at this point, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, well, the, the only other rumor going around were Rondon, weren't it? Which I just don't see whatsoever. But Simon Rondon, um, Simon Rondon, yeah. Um, he, he, I, I talk sport just randomly. I was just, I was just listening to it. Uh, I'm, I've been in town today on my way back, and they're just saying oh, Sheffield United are open to uh, sign uh, Rondon, and I'm like. Where's that come from? And no one's said anything about it. You can't just say that and move on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, just, no. That, we've got five strikers plus Leon Clark, so I, I think I just good. don't see it. It's not going to happen now. So, but yeah. anyway, that's the only one. We'll have to do it when it signs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor Wickham will not be scoring against us tomorrow for Crystal Palace. Uh, he's... Oh, he is going to Wednesday, yeah. Has he joined Sorry. him? I know that he's, he's been on the bottom of the Sky Sports thing for about the last two hours that he's, he's set to join, but... Yeah, yeah I, mi- but... I misread this. I thought it said he was going to Cardiff. 
Um, but it says his rejected moves to Cardiff and Reading. But that's that's just happened. So that's one less player for us to uh, to worry about tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Not uh, that it's an injury-prone player, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who was good seven or eight years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... it's nice to see they've changed the Frankfurt policy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good point to end it. Nice one, buddy. Uh, we'll catch up after the Palace game. Uh, enjoy the weekend working on your uh, pronunciation of foreign footballers. And um, yeah, we'll, yeah uh, I will we'll... do. I will do. I'll, uh, that's all I'm going to be doing up until the Palace game. So. <laughs> Good man. All right, I'll speak to you later. Thanks a lot. Cheers, boy. Thank you.